Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's your risk number? Find your true north. On the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, you'll find financial tips, insights, and information to help you plan for your future. True North Wealth Partners has locations in Dublin and Wooster, Ohio, while serving clients nationwide. Dedicated to God, country, clients, and family. To learn more about the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, visit MyTrueNorthWP.com. That's MyTrueNorthWP.com. True North Wealth Partners. Welcome home. This is Jared Sandler. Hi, everybody. This is Victor Rojas, president of the Frisco Rough Riders. This is Curtis Terry from the Round Rock Express. This is Kennedy Landry, the Rangers beat reporter for MLB.com. Hi, this is Chris Alec of Sports Illustrated's Inside the Rangers. All right, this is Mason Engler of the Down East Wood Ducks. And this is Taylor Hearn of the Texas Rangers. Hey, this is John Moore with the Texas Rangers baseball podcast. This is Texas Rangers announcer Eric Nadell, and you're listening to the Ranger Report podcast, as you should be. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and CJ Berryman. Welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am, of course, Ben Dieter. Glad you're along with us. And today we have a, a new voice along with us. I was going to say face, but uh, nobody can see us. That's CJ Berryman. CJ, how are you doing? Doing good up here in snowy Amarillo. How are you doing, Ben? Doing good here in snowy East Texas. Kind of weird, you know, not, not very often are we going to talk about we're in snowy whatever, seeing that we both live in Texas. Yeah, in both completely different parts of Texas. That's, it's rare that that happens, but uh, it is a... Uh, Odd times going on around here. Definitely is. It seems like that should have happened in 2020. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little late, a little late. But uh, all right. Well, CJ, you're, you and I used to used to write together on a site called Nolan Writing for Fan Sided and do some podcasting back then. So, uh, if you don't mind, just tell everybody just a little bit about your uh, yourself. Yeah, I uh, actually served in the Air Force for six years and got out in uh, 2010 and obtained my bachelor's degree in mass communications and broadcast journalism and uh, sports former sports editor in Hereford, Texas, Gatesville, Texas, and Colleen, Texas, and uh, contributed, as you said, to Nolan uh, Wrighton and uh, did some podcasting with you. Also had a segment on uh, ESPN Central Texas with uh, David Smoke uh, in the middays. Um, and uh, moved back up here to Amarillo. Been contributing with Amarillo Globe News. And and uh, here we are in uh, odd times. And hopefully uh, 
a somewhat normal baseball season upcoming. Interviews. I've uh, I've covered games in Round Rock, and then I've covered games there. And I got to say that Frisco is such a beautiful ballpark with so much to do in game, and you know, not during a game. I know you guys are expecting somewhat of a full season, depending on when we start. But uh, what do you expect as far as season length goes? And do you think that fans will be able to attend and media people? Yeah, the, the hope is that we will have uh, you know some sort of a schedule here. We're hoping that uh, it's as close to a full slate of games uh, as possible. Uh, we're also planning for it to not be a full slate of games. So we're just we'll be thrilled if you know minor league baseball gets back on the diamond. I think uh, yeah. I think it's important. I'd imagine that there's a vested interest on the uh, major league side to get their players back on the diamond. Uh, Cause if you weren't at the alternate site last year, you pretty much were left on your own to kind of figure out and get, you know, uh, get some action going, keep the arm going and, and so on and so forth. And I can't imagine that, you know, and the pandemic's obviously going to, is going to dictate much of this, but I yeah. can't imagine from a, from a, player development standpoint, allowing your system um, to go devoid of, of action for two full seasons. Uh, Cause I think it'll stunt the growth of, of what you have of your investments that you have made in the minor league system from a player perspective. And so I think there is some motivation to try to get players back on the diamond as safely as possible. So, you know, whether it's a 50 game schedule for us or a full slate of games, you know, right now we're hearing um, and, you know, you take that with a grain of salt cause it all trickles down from the big league side, but uh, you know, maybe, you know, like a June 1st type of mentality and then pushing through September towards the end of September um, and trying to get as many games as possible. No, uh, no playoffs. And uh, the one thing that's been bandied about as well is like a, a six game series. Uh, so in the Texas league, for example, it'd be uh, something to the effect of you play six games and you have one day off and everybody would be on that schedule, which would help with, you know, cleaning ballparks for travel, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, if that holds true, I think that'd be uh, be kind of a good step forward to try to get uh, baseball, some sort of normal baseball back on the diamond in Frisco. We are joined by Jeff Wilson. I would agree with that. All right. Um, last question, you know, out there while you're in Arizona, do you get to play a lot of golf? And I talked to, I asked on Twitter if anyone had any questions they wanted me to ask you. And uh, John Moore from the Rangers Nation podcast wanted me to ask you what your handicap was. Well, my handicap uh, is a lack of opportunities to play. <laughs> um, I, I, I wish. I, I tell you what, this is my 14th spring on the beat, and I have never played a round of golf. I've, I've hit, I've hit balls. Um, you know, there, there's no doubt about that. One, one year I was on the, I was on the injured list and, and couldn't, couldn't swing a club. Um, but, uh, I, I, I wrestled with bringing my clubs, uh, this time. I'm, uh, but I, I didn't now I'm going to go home. So maybe I'll bring them for the second leg, but you know, it, it's, it's really frustrating too, because there's so many darn golf courses out here. You drive, you know, I drive by, I don't know, five or six, just, just on the way of the ballpark. And, uh, they're beautiful. They're in great shape and they're calling my name, but, uh, I tell you what, it, it just hasn't happened. And I, I wish it, I wish it would. I wish, you know, I, I wish that I was more committed to that and less committed to work, I guess. 
this. I, I don't know if my boss would, would, would like me to, to say that, but, um, man, it, it's, it's tough. Believe me, it's tough, especially on a day like today. Holy cow. It's perfect. Today is perfect. Today would be the perfect golf conditions. And I'm just sitting here in my hotel room, uh, working on a Kohei Arahara story and talking to you guys. So, uh, so, so something went wrong in the planning, I guess. <laughs> we are joined by the MLB writer for the Texas Rangers, Kennedy Landry, who took T.R. Sullivan's place. Let's start asking how uh, how are you enjoying your job as an MLB writer and was it kind of what you expected it to be so far? Yeah, so far, I think it's great. I think it's clearly a far cry from college football, which is what I've spent most of the past few years doing. Um, but it's been great and I really, really enjoy it. Uh, I've always loved baseball. So just to be able to come out here and watch baseball every day is kind of a dream, to be honest. And I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, I can't can't wait to actually get out to Texas and get to see the new new ballpark. I'm really excited about that. And, you know, hopefully things get back to normal soon. So, you know, I can meet the players and meet everybody in person. But it's been amazing. So what uh, made you want to get into sports writing and was baseball your first choice? Um, Sports writing was I I was telling this story yesterday to actually Jeff, who's on the who's works for the Fort Worth Star Telegram. I'm sure you all know um, that I, I was a PR major in college. I kind of accidentally fell into sports writing. Um, I always knew I wanted to do something in sports. I just wasn't sure where that was going to end up taking me at any point. I, I was an athlete growing up. I played softball and baseball and softball and basketball in high school. I've always loved all sports. I'm an only child. So I joked that my dad kind of wanted a boy. So he just gave me a lot to do when it came to sports. So I have, I just always really liked sports and I was really good at writing. Uh, my mom, my mom's a teacher. So she always kind of, made sure I knew what I was doing when it came to the reading, the writing, all of that jazz. So I, I just always really liked the two things and it was kind of something that I could combine, combine the two. I, my, my love of writing and reading and my love of sports. All right, guys, welcome back to the Ranger Report podcast. Tonight we are joined by Jared Sandler of the Rangers Radio Network. All right, Jared, last question. And we always make the last question to all of our guests, the most hard, the most difficult and most (laughs) uncomfortable question we possibly can come up with. Uh, So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Tonight's starting pitcher for the Rangers, Jordan Lyles. When you look at him, who does he remind you of? Jordan Lyles. Uh... Okay, I've got one. I don't think this is necessarily what you're looking for, but I'm just like on, you know, at the top of my head, I think he has some similar features to Jason Statham, although much taller and more hair. I think if if they both had a hat on, they, they have a similar facial shape and the beard uh, I'd go with Jason Statham, but I don't think that's at all who uh, you guys are, are looking for. I was going with, uh, I was looking for Ben Rogers. Interesting. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. So you guys wouldn't be able to answer this. I don't think he actually looks more like Ben's older brother, Tony. Oh no. Is that, <laughs> the, like is that the, yeah, Okay. <laughs> uh, I think if I had to, uh, yeah, I think he looks like Ben's older brother, Tony. Certainly doesn't look like the younger brother, Jonathan. Um, I would say he looks like Tony now that you think of, now that you bring that up. <laughs> was it, was it, uh, is it the same brother that he has the gravy going to set it off story? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know his brother from the story. That's it. Yeah. A lot of people do, I guess. Bubba Thompson, thank you for joining us today, sir. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. You bet. So let's get started. I know. Uh, what did it feel like to actually get to play live baseball again after a year off? And how nice has it been for Frisco to get off to such a hot start? Man, it's been good, man. Just to be out here with my guys and playing some ball and and getting back um, a little bit regular playing ball each and every day it's been really good and uh, it's been good man winning you know but it's baseball we're gonna go out there each and every day and, and play hard and, and try to win every game you know drafted in 2018 traded the next year and then last year didn't happen and now traded again but uh and obviously that's business and, and trades do happen but how hard is it to get acclimated quickly to a new organization and a new system um it's a little, it's a little tough uh it just you get used to meeting um, all your staff and, you know, everybody in the front office and start building relationships with all those people. And then, like you said, it's just a business. So when you get traded, you have to restart that process again. But being a baseball player, uh, it's pretty easy to make friends. And then, you know, when the front office people come through, you introduce yourself and uh, just go about that whole process again. And who knows who's to say it doesn't happen again. But at, at this point, I'm kind of used to it. You know, being a first baseman in a in a you know a slugger, did you who who'd you look up to growing up as a baseball player in general, and kind of who would you, who would you uh, model your game after? I guess you could say at first base. Um, like uh, I guess because first base mostly hitting, so I guess hitting wise. Oh, okay. I think over overall wise, I say um, probably Albert Pujols, like especially his prime. Cause um yeah. he got drafted in 13 round and I went 13 round and like I like that a lot and how like he wasn't just like a power hitter like he was like a good overall hitter and I'm that's that's like more like the game that I want to I want to bring to the table I don't just want to be a power hitter and people who know me play me I talk about it all the time I, I, I don't I don't want to be a power just a power guy I want to be able to if I need to move that run I want to be able to um, hit the oppo single if I need to, just to play that extra run. Like, if, like, whatever I got to do, I feel through the help. I got to walk. If I got to walk in the game that help the team win, I, 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 I got to walk. Like, stuff like that. And I guess um, not only are pulled, but older, like, older hitters, like Tony Gwynn, uh, Rod Carew, like, older guys like that who are just, like, straight-up hitters, man. Like, those are the type of players I, I like, like, especially from a hitting aspect. I'm not, I'm not just all, like, about power, and that's it. That's not the game I want to bring. More so for me, that's not the game. I like. I think, I think I could do more. Aside from the obvious guys like Gallo Garcia, who do you think has stood out the most for you in the 2021 season? Uh, outside of uh, Gallo and Garcia, it's probably got to be Kyle Gibson. Um, I, I mean, obviously, opening day was was pretty pretty awful for him. Uh, he had an ERA of 135. Uh, but since then he's been, I mean, other than Jacob deGrom, I mean, you look at numbers since then, it's hard to argue anybody else is the best pitcher in baseball. Maybe, I mean, you can make an argument for a couple of guys out of the national league, but the, and when it comes to pitchers in the American league, I mean, he has the lowest CRA in the American league and that's including opening day. He, he's looked like a different pitcher this year. I don't think it's only the, the addition of the cutter. I think that definitely helps. Uh, for sure. Actually, if you look at some of the numbers on the cutter, um, it's actually the the pitch that hitters usually hit like they, they have the highest a- average against. But 
when you add that to the mix of everything else that he has and the way he mixes his pitches and the way he locates them in the addition to the fact that his slider is really underrated um, that, that his, the Woba on his slider is better than Max Scherzer, who his slider is considered to be one of the best in major league baseball. You just look at everything there. If you actually do some digging, Kyle Gibson's been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, and it's not really an argument. Uh, welcome back to the Ranger Report podcast. We've got Mason Englert of the Down East Wood Ducks. How you doing today, Mason? Good. Uh, thank you guys for having me. We've got you on the. We've got you on Zoom here, and I got to say, you got some nice hair flowing there. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's got to get cut like a few times a year out here, but <laughs> letting it go as much as I can. I hear that. Yeah, it's a, it's, I know it's a decision. A lot of pitchers go through it. I know early in your career is probably better. And from when recovering from that, what's it like? I mean, does your arm feel completely different? Yeah, I know in, in the article that Jeff Wilson wrote, it said you kind of had to learn how to pitch again. You know, right. he seems to be having a pretty good season so far at, uh, at down East with a four and two record, 386 ERA. So um, what's it been like? And did you kind of have to, to relearn some things or is it kind of coming back to you now that you're recovered? Yeah. Well, um, the rehab process was great because we unfortunately had a really we had a pretty big group that year. Um, just kind of an unlucky like go of things, I guess, for the for the organization that year with, with TJ, but it did give us a really good um, group to work with. So the rehab process was actually really fun. Like we had a lot of good guys that pushed each other to work out and uh, get after it. Um, and then yes, yeah, so I, I returned in instructs that year, um, and my stuff was better, like harder, like the raw stuff was better, but. It's like I'd forgotten things. I didn't realize I, f- I could forget about how to pitch. Uh, so I'd have good outings. I'd even have a good inning. And then the next inning, it was like the field just wasn't there. Um, so I kind of had to figure out how to tame that and how to bring that better stuff and actually use it like a starting pitcher should be able to use it. Um, and then this year, yeah, I mean, I've just been learning ever since uh, spring training. Like every outing has been a big learning process, um, even up to the last one. Like I had little bit rough routing the last go around, but it's like, I mean, you just take it as just a learning opportunity and adjustments that can be made. You just make sure that you make them next time you face the same problems. But, yeah. I've been mentioned that you, you've had a pretty good year this far, uh, thus far in your first year of full season ball. I know you had a, a sticky substance issue uh, earlier in the year, but I like how you just, you know, yeah. Hey, you know, it happened, you know, got caught, whatever, let's move on. And uh, so you seem pretty, pretty humble and, and not, you know, a lot of guys would have taken that a different route, but you, you just kind of rolled with it and also proven, you know, that's not a big deal. Like just, just move forward and continue doing what I do. So kind of talk right. about coming, coming out of that, you know, obviously there's a, there'd be like a, not really a stigma, but kind of a, okay, we got to watch this guy. And instead you've right. just gone out there and done your thing. Um, I kind of, I guess that, that sticky substance obviously just makes people's stuff better overall. Um, and actually, when I got caught and I realized I couldn't use that stuff anymore, I kind of had to step back, look at my stuff and say like, where's their low hanging fruit that I can make adjustments to, to my arsenal to make it play just as good or better without it. Um, so one thing on the fastball was like, ultimately the sticky stuff makes it spin faster, but ultimately like the vertical and horizontal movement and the velo is more what matters. Um, as far as just like when the ball leaves your hand, um, well, my spin efficiency, so I was basically using like 92% when I was using the sticky stuff of my active spin. And I was getting about like 17 inches of vertical um, and like, I don't know, tw- maybe like 16, 17 vertical and like 12 horizontal um, with 92% spin efficiency. So my spin's down quite a bit without that sticky stuff, but I bumped up my spin efficiency. So even though my spin's down, the fastball is still the same fastball as far as movement wise. So really 
it's like I figured out a way to, even though I'm not using that, to have the same fastball. And then the other thing that's actually been better without it is my curveball. I used to really be able to get like around it with the sticky stuff. Um, and I can't do that as much anymore. So I'm having to be behind it and it's turned into more of like a harder, sharper pitch. And it's been better since then for swings and misses. Um, so actually there's been a couple positive things as far as my arsenal goes, um, that I've come out of not using sticky stuff. Louis Angel, you come from a family of MLB players. How excited were you to, to get signed and start your MLB journey? Obviously, you did it at a very young age. At age 16 is when you signed, correct? Que viene de una firma hasta los 16 años. Que tú vienes de una familia de peloteros. Que cómo se sintió firmar y empezar tu carrera profesional. Bueno, primero un orgullo ver a mis primos, a la familia jugar al béisbol, eso me motiva a también hacer lo mismo que ellos. He said, first of all, just growing up watching his cousins and his family play, uh, that was like a sense of pride for him and also like motivation daily to do the same things they were doing. So, how much did it help that your brother was already in America playing ball when you got selected by the Rangers? Yo, como te digo, no, como que cuando él jugó en Liga Menores yo no le presté mucha atención, pues, sino que yo, yo hice mi, yo estaba haciendo mi trabajo. Says he's, he's not, not so sure because when his brother was uh, playing minor league ball, he was focused on, on his work back home and, and kind of his thing. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. We are joined today by Levi Weaver, writer for The Athletic and the all-around good guy. Levi, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? All right. Well, we're going to let you go now, but we uh, I always have to finish these off by asking the most difficult questions. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Whataburger. Are you asking for my order at Whataburger or is this a Whataburger or? What, what 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 is your go-to at Whataburger? Uh, We're so trying to get a Whataburger sponsorship. So, oh right, okay, uh, yeah, hook me up if you do. Um, got the, uh, we will. They've got this like buffalo chicken finger thing that they don't always have on the menu. Yeah, it's but it's like three chicken fingers with some uh, I don't know is it mozzarella maybe cheese on top. Oh, buffalo, buffalo chicken strip sandwich. There you go. Yeah, and here's a here's a little secret though. If they don't have it on the menu, they generally do have full time a uh, like a barbecue chicken strip sandwich. So you can order that and be like, but could you sub buffalo sauce for the barbecue <laughs> sauce? And then you get what you're looking for, even if it's not on the menu. All right. All right. That's, like that's, a, that's an amazing piece of advice right there that I did not that know. A, that is a Whataburger pro tip for you guys. I'm, this is Taylor Hearn of the Texas Rangers and you listen to the Ranger Report podcast. All right. Well, let's start today with the uh, sort of a recap of the 2021 season. Now you had a pretty good season in 2021. I'd say we were, we talked about you a lot on this podcast this year. You were six and six. Uh, you had a 466 ERA you had a but you had some starts that were just brilliant you had some great games so in your mind how do you feel like 2021 fared for you uh I thought overall I thought it was a really good year um a lot of up and downs definitely a a year of learning and just more so just um yeah just taking it day by day like I have been you know and just kind of making adjustments on the fly and Definitely learned a lot about, about myself last year. All right. So I don't know if you know, Taylor, but you got some new teammates. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how, how excited, how excited does that make you feel that the Rangers, you know, 
the organization is is putting that money in and and getting some new guys in. So just kind of talk about what the what the past few days have have, have meant to you. Uh, they've been they've been really good, honestly. It's been um, it's been a whirlwind, crazy day. Um, it's been a um, pretty exciting last what about two or three days. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of us are excited about it. I mean, I, I know I am. I'm glad I don't have to. Uh, I haven't got a chance to text Marcus yet, but I was going to tell him uh, I'm happy he's on he's on my team now. That way, I ain't got to face him no more. And then uh, same thing with uh, Corey. And then uh, you know, John Gray is a really really good pitcher as well. I mean, he got really good stuff and a local kid from Oklahoma. So it's uh, it's good. It's just, could you, uh, could you do me a favor and ask Corey Seager if he could give me a loan? <laughs> I think uh, I think he can give a lot of us a loan. <laughs> no, you mentioned John Gray, though. You know, John Gray is a good pitcher. He pitched in Colorado, which is a hitter-friendly ballpark. Rangers ballpark, the new one. The, the field at Arlington has been known more of a pitcher's ballpark. So do you think, uh, how do you think this is going to be for Gray? I know he's already done a great job. Do you think he's going to do well in Arlington? I think they'll do really well. Um, I I truly believe in our our pitching coaches and especially all the work that they've done with us individually and especially as a pitching staff. Like uh, I think that's one thing. Also, people don't really give us a lot of credit for is people think our pitching staff was terrible last year and they're like, well, you know, you guys didn't have any big name guys and they're like it's not it's not about us having big name guys. Like if you really looked at our staff and you really watched the games, like we had a really good staff. You know, we had a, we, we had a, we had a point last year where our whole, after the starters came out, our whole bullpen for about, I think 15, 16 innings or something like that, 17 innings in a row. Like we didn't give up any runs. So I think, I think it's a true testament to our pitching coaches and just how everybody's bought into it. And um, I'm guessing that the, the uh, reports and stuff they put together for John Gray really sold them on it. Cause I, for sure, it was sold on a bunch of stuff they showed us, you know, with the whole technology and just how to use it, but a good mix of old and new school. Yeah. And you, uh, you talked about the rotation and you started out in the bull, like in a tandem situation and then they started ramping you up. And, and there's a lot of people that just don't understand how, you know, that you ramp up your pitches, the pitch count, you can't, you know, you can't just go out there and throw 130 no. pitches after you know, being in the bullpen for half the year. So kind of talk about that and how the, how the ramp up is. It's tough. Anybody that thinks that it's not easy or anybody thinks it is, easy, it's not, um, especially in the middle of the season when you're, when you've been in the bullpen all year and then they want to, you know, then they want to ramp you up and try to um, get you built up as a starter. It's a tough thing with that. I, I, I think the worst part about it is, um, when you get, when I was getting ramped up towards the end of the season, I was facing all these playoff caliber teams. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I, I, I think it was a huge test for me, but then just, uh, just to show them what I could do, you know, out of the bullpen and starting as well, because basically Yankees, the White Sox, Astros, Angels, you know, even though the Angels weren't a playoff team, you got to admit, I mean, they had one of the best hitters in the league, Shohei Otani. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to get kind of going to give those teams credit. All right. So you're from Royce city. Did you grow up a Rangers fan? You can be honest. Did you grow up a Rangers fan? I grew up a uh, Rangers 
Cowboys, Dallas Burn, now Dallas uh, uh, Burn, and now the uh, FC Dallas uh, group stars fan. So, I mean, I was through and out Dallas, everything. Frisco Rough Riders, everything. I was going to show you. Cowboys, baby. <laughs> I have to, I have to. I love it. <laughs> All right. So I've always been, I've always wondered this. I, we years and years and years ago, I talked to Derek Holland. I asked him this question back. I mean, I'm pretty old. So I talked, I, I was looking at your birth date and actually I graduated high school the year that you were born. So I'm, I'm pretty old. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but what, what does an off season routine look like for, for a starting pitcher? I think, I, I think honestly from, being a starter and a bullpen guy, like the, the, the off season doesn't really change. I mean, yes, everybody has their own personal routine, but I took three, I always take three weeks off once the season's over from lifting and throwing. And I started back throwing three weeks later. And then I just started, we started back lifting about, you know, in November. So it's, it's definitely one of the things where you don't want to take too much time off because I feel like people forget that, uh, how long our season is. Like it's, it's not a college season to where I can, start throwing in December, November, or, you know, throw throwing in December and be ready to go in February. You know, like it, it's, it's a tough thing because it's 162 games. It's, um, and then especially in my case, like I just need to make sure my arm strength is always the same because of uh, jumping from starting to relieving, you know, it's obviously a tough thing to do. All right. Now we're going to change it up on you a little bit. Is Jose Trevino one of the best ropers you've ever met? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'd have to, Jose, you know what? Jose actually did get a lot better from the second time we did it. He, he got a lot better, but it, it's hard, man, because when Brock did it, Brock was just like a natural with it. You know, it was, it was great. I mean, it was funny because those two guys are, I, I think people don't give Brock enough credit for his the type of character and stuff he is. Cause that's a great clubhouse guy. But like, but if I had to pick one, and I, I, yeah, I, I'd say Jose, Jose came a long way. So I, I, I'd give it to him. I got to say when that video came out last year, that, I mean, I hadn't laughed that hard in a long time. It just, yeah, it, was fun. Was it, was, it was so man. funny watching you actually <laughs> teach him how to rope was, was really great. Now that's something that your dad, your granddad, like you did growing up, right? Roping. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was my grandpa. He started it and then it trickled down to my dad and his three brothers. And then it was, uh, you know, then it was my turn, you know? So it, it was, um, it was the first sport I ever did. So for people that don't really know, like people think like, well, you know, it was a basketball, football, baseball, like, no, it was rodeo was the first one. So that's something that's always been ingrained in me. So it's something I can't really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's in there, but, but yeah, for sure. It was traveling a bunch and, um, just similar to, similar to baseball. Let's just say that. All right. Now we talked about you being from Royce city. Did you play other sports in high school or did you just play baseball? No. So when I got to high school, I stopped playing everything else and it was just strictly rodeo and baseball. All right. And, uh, so when you were growing up, um, and you started playing baseball, who did you want to be like? Honestly, the guy I idolized was Dontrell Willis. And then I, I was a big fan of Randy Johnson as well. And then CC Sabathia, but yeah, those all left anybody, go, go you go. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely all lefties guys that threw hard guys that, that 
that were dominant on the mound, you know? So it, it was, it was definitely a, uh, it was definitely a, I think that era, it was a great guy, group of guys for me to look up to. And now that I'm at this level now, it's like, I want to be able to be that for somebody else to inspire them to want to play the game of baseball or just to, you know, be a left-handed pitcher. That's great. Now, a lot of people don't know because they, uh, they don't keep up in during the off season, just during the season. But if you would talk a little bit about your charity work, I know you just did something over Thanksgiving. So, so just talk a little bit about the charities you're involved with. Yeah. So, um, I did a, uh, I started doing the same started this year. It's called Taylor Hearns week of giving. And so it, it's, it's going to start off this year and it's going to continue span, uh, expanding each, each year. It's going to be something added on to it. Um, but yeah, I worked with, um, I went to Kennedy Curry middle school. I worked with, um, um, I'm going to work with the boys and girls club, work with, um, uh, my brand and brand air Tato as for Tato's barbecue. If you guys haven't had it, I highly recommend you guys go get it. <laughs> and, um, and with the Rangers as well. So, I mean, it, and it's, it's some, it's some, and then the, um, the Arlington life shelter as well. All right, bud. Well, we're getting, we're winding down here. Um, so now we're going to get to some serious questions. <laughs> okay. All right. What is your favorite at Whataburger? Honey, barbecue, chicken, strip sandwich, <laughs> uh, the meal. And then for breakfast, gotta go with the breakfast taquitos. All right. Now I've got a question. Uh, my best friend, Jace, uh, he's been a fan of yours really since you got called up. Um, he wanted to ask this question. So you're on the hot seat now. Are you ready? <laughs> all right. All right. I'm ready. What is the funniest thing either an opponent or a teammate has said to you while you were on the mound? In 20, 2020, when we were doing, the, when they had the shutdown and everything, me, it was me, Jose, Joey Gallo, Willie Calhoun, uh, Jose Leclerc. Uh, it was like, it was like six, seven of us or whatever it was. And I remember doing, uh, we were doing live BPs and I was facing them guys every day. And so the best, so I remember when me and Jose were going at it, <clears throat> I think it was me or him or somebody one of us said it we were like hey you get a hit right here that's a water burger on, on the other person ah so there you go i remember i remember facing him and like he found some pitches off and he was like getting all hyped up about it and everything so <laughs> and i remember he, he did he, he hit a blooper in the gap and like we were going arguing back and forth talking about that's a hit he's like i was like he was like yeah that's it that's a hit i was like no and you you ain't running that at all like you're throwing out a second five miles ahead so <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Man, thank you guys for having me, though. Seriously. Here you go. And we have a guest on. We always ask him one question before we let him go. And it is the hardest question. Yeah, this is the hardest question. We try try to really get you with this one. What is your go-to at Whataburger? Oh, uh, (laughs) double-double with grilled jalapenos. This Uh, is from Nolan. (laughs) It's not on the menu. He said, but if you ask them, they will grill the jalapenos. And, uh, and they do. And so that's, that's my basic double, double grilled jalapenos and fries. All right. So we're working up trying to get a sponsor with them. So we'll see if this works. We, we okay. ask all of our guests what they like there. I mean, it's not really just to get a sponsor. I love Whataburger. So I like to know oh, what, yeah. other, what other people eat. Uh, I mean, looking at us, we're going to eat it. Looking at us, you can tell we eat some fast food. We're not, we're not shy of it. So. Well, well that, that, that's one word for calories. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com. <laughs>